Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. Episode 52 of the Kaiju Cast, I uh, bi monthly podcast, 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber suited foes. My name is Kyle. I'm kind of flying solo in a sense here tonight. This is the second episode for February 2012, and uh, this is the Daikaiju discussion specific episode for Destroy All Monsters, a fan favorite and uh, one of my favorites as well. We're going to be listening to a little tiny bit of music because we got a ton of submissions again for the Daikaiju discussion homework. Uh, we'll get right to that. But first, I'm going to play a track from the Bukimisha Weird Se- <laughs> Secret Society. Um, you guys would probably know this better as Godzilla Acapella. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. 
Ghidorah is under our direction. He is sure to defeat your monsters. And I shall return after that. So prepare to surrender. And that was actually a song by a band called Famous Monsters, uh, and the song was Monsters Over Tokyo. That was a request sent in um, by, by Ryan, who uh, it's cool, kind of cool when I get one of these. I don't actually know all the bands that have done all the songs that are always related to monsters, so it's always good to see something new come in. And um, basically he says Monsters Over Tokyo by Famous Monsters. Uh, the, this is an all-girl band. One of the guitar players was the bassist for White Zombie in the 90s, a band which I'm quite familiar with, actually. Sean Yassault is the name of that bassist. Uh, and they dressed as sexy monsters, of course, and their drummer was known as Shezilla. So that uh, that fulfills our most of our music for the episode, and uh, we just have to roll right into the Daikaiju discussion section of this, this, um, this show. Basically... Uh, I was able to get Martin Vavra and Dave Helfrey, a.k.a. Baron Von Gulu, to come over and watch Destroy All Monsters. And uh, there's so much out there about this film. There really doesn't need any kind of introduction except uh, it's from Toho from 1968. And it's an amazing film uh, filled with monsters and effects and awesome action. And it just came out on Blu-ray, which is the version we watched. And this is how that went down. Joining me in studio tonight... For the Destroy All Monsters viewing, we have not only myself, but Mr. Martin Vavra. Hey, hey. And Dave Helfrey, a.k.a. Baron Von Gulu. I'm glad to be here. And uh, love, the, love the movie. Yeah, we just uh, just literally finished watching the Media Blasters uh, Blu-ray version of this and the AIP dub, I might as well add as well. And uh, yeah, I love the film. It's like definitely one of my favorites. But uh, let's hear what our, our two special guests had to say. Uh, Dave, you've seen this movie a whole bunch before. I've seen this movie a whole bunch. I'm, I'm right there with you as far as the, uh, uh, the Showa area, the Showa era um, movies go. Monster Zero, number one, Destroy All Monsters, close second. And actually, depending on the day you ask me, I might say Destroy All Monsters first. Because you know me, it's like I'm for me, it's all about the monsters. And since you got you got them all, so it's like there's there's the only thing, if you know if if I was to lament anything about this movie, it's like I just want to see more, even more, 
you know, more Varan, you know, like actually get Varan and Baragon some screen time. Exactly. Like yeah. But you would just, but just love the, uh, um, I remember being, uh, you know, really young and, and my first exposure to this movie being the, uh, you know, the Saturday afternoon creature feature back in, uh, in Los Angeles. And, um, you know, I knew Godzilla, I knew Rodan, I knew Mothra. And then all of a sudden, you know, like Monda, who's that? You know, Ankylos, who's that? And just getting so excited as a child is like that there's more of them. And I had to go find out more and, you know, and, and discovering, you know, how rich the mythology was and everything. Just this movie is just it's still exciting for me. Excellent. And Martin, this is uh, this is actually your second viewing. Uh, but clearly the movie didn't make that much of an impression on you because when we first started, you're like, nope, I've never seen this before. I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't remember the, the ship in the beginning. That was what really threw me. And and once we got past the 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 ship scene in the, at, the, at the very start of it, yeah, then it did. I totally recognized it, but I honestly did not remember the ship playing such a big role in the, the first time I watch it. And to be honest, the, the first time I watched this movie, I actually think to a certain degree, it was almost... Uh, there is so much there, there really isn't like the story isn't very deep or thick or anything like that but there really is like all of these iconic monsters and everything is going on in there i think it's easy to lose some pieces if you're not prepared for that and i i think it was almost an overload to a certain degree <laughs> oh so a second viewing actually helped you kind absolutely. of grasp more of, of what was going on in the film absolutely and and a lot of the characters and there are ones that now i have seen in other movies and so now i have a relationship with them where it actually means something to see them in there so it's it yeah it's oh it's much better on a second viewing for sure nice so uh, this is the second time I've actually seen this perf- uh, this exact presentation of Destroy All Monsters. I bought it when it came out and um, eagerly watched the film uh, in its Blu-ray format. Uh, I would imagine, I know, uh, Martin, when you saw this earlier, we watched an Australian DVD version on the big screen, which looks pretty good. Um, but did either of you guys uh, notice anything different from watching the Blu-ray version? I didn't. I didn't notice a difference. No. And you were saying that the the last one, the Australian version, has the international dubs on it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I and I don't. So I don't know the movie well enough to know the difference in there. And, and but that was something that you guys talked about was the difference in actual direct dialogue. Yeah. There's one. There's one scene in the movie that particularly like exemplifies that for me, where um, the the chief scientist is is in the the sort of press conference with the uh, right after all the cities are attacked and they're like, why isn't Tokyo been attacked? And uh, he stands up and says, I assure you we're asking ourselves the same, very same question. And in the international, uh, the AIP dub, he says, now if you'll excuse us, we have work to do. And it's, it's almost very, it's, it's a great line. It's like, get out of here. We got to, we got a lot of stuff to do, <laughs> but in the international dub, he says, now, please, we're all very tired or something like that, and I just <laughs> yeah. can't. We're all very tired of the earth being destroyed by monsters now. Yeah, we're all very I need tired. A nap. It's nappy time it's here. It's nap time yes. here at the uh, <laughs> United Nations Science Committee. Uh, but, you know, this is uh, this movie is one of those ones, like, Dave, you said this 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 movie, like me, it ranks up way high for way the high. show, show way era. High. Um, but I have to say, there there's a lot of stuff in this in. sort of fabricated um, on the edge of your seat stuff that doesn't really belong in the film. The, the whole scene where they're, they have to go way back. They have to go to the moon in order to destroy the, the uh, Keelox base of operations where, where they're broadcasting to the monsters. And there's that whole, like um, uh, I can't remember the composer's name. I should, I'd want to say Beethoven or Mozart's like, the B Sonata or yes, whatever it's called, yeah. like that, and they got the the laser gun. They're trying to shoot down the control thing. It's very kind of out of place after you've seen this movie like sixteen times. Right. <laughs> you know, it really just really <laughs> oddly, stands oddly out. Oddly yeah. intense compared to the rest of the film. Uh, and and uh, the whole scene for me, the, uh, one of the worst parts about this film is the when the fire monster shows up, which actually just kind of ends up being one of the Keelak ships that happens to be on fire for some reason. Um, I'm just not a fan of those, those two sort of big edge of your seat fa- uh, scenes in the, in the film. Right. Edge of your seat scenes in the film. I think we know what you meant. 
Did we're, I say feet? We're, we're, were, you, <laughs> you know, were you at the edge of your seat? I was at the edge, edge of, of my feet. feet. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, and, and honestly, even even when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and and the Keylocks pull, the, you know, they 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 bring in uh, they bring in uh, Ghidorah and the and the you know in the in the bottom of the ninth, you know, kind of thing. And I, I remember thinking like. Well, but Godzilla and Rodan on their own did a pretty good job against them in Monster Zero. So, like, all of these guys are going to kick the crap out of Ghidra. And, <laughs> and they proceed to go kick the crap out of Ghidra. And yeah. I remember I remember thinking, well, A, that's very realistic, all things considered. And B, it's like, come on, super advanced civilization. You didn't see that one coming? Right, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is the ace you got in your hole? Yeah. You, you, and if you, you think about the time involved, like this, this movie is set in 1999, so the, the <laughs> Monster Zero <laughs> took place in like 1965. Right, so yeah, they would have seriously. had like 30 years worth of like Earth history to you review know, he, that seriously, information. Seriously, by then yeah. they should have at least been able to graft two more heads onto him or right, something, right. something to up the game a little bit. <laughs> Couldn't get Geigen to back him up, or I mean, like you know, it's like you know, if you're gonna be doing this, please just write me But I digress. Yes, well, it's a fantastic film, all in all. But I, I love mean, it's, it. it's great to see all the all the monsters together personally you know that uh, i know it's a bunch of sort of like ridiculous exposition and almost just put there in in terms of saying hey look at all the monsters we have but yeah. the scene where they're like they've got the camera crews out in izu and they're like ready to film <laughs> all the monsters coming in i don't know what it is about that but i i'm like every time i see the movie i'm like yes here they come here come the monsters man and i'm just like so excited about it and i love i love that kind of you know parade float tv announcer who's like (laughs) oh and here comes here comes godzilla no wait it's not godzilla's godzilla's son (laughs) and here's the garfield balloon you know and it's just like but actually you were talking about like the difference between watching it on the the blu-ray version of like that um I've seen this movie dozens of times, but most of them just on TV, just being right. shown full screen and everything. So when you see it letterbox and you know, like the whole thing and big on screen, and this is only the first or second time that I've seen that one shot where over to the to screen right, you've got the puppets of Baragon and Manda and Varant. Oh, right. Yeah. In that, yeah. In that sequence. And it's like, whoa, hey, they are there. You know they don't do anything, but uh, but the, you know but they're there in that in that in that in that uh, in that sequence, and and I had missed that. You know it, it had been sliced off for full screen television viewing all oh, those yeah, other times. Yeah, yeah, so, for you know, a pan scan, right? So yeah. yeah, for you know, and so it's it's sort of exciting to be surprised by some of these panoramic panoramic images that. Uh, that you know had been composed for the wide screen, and then you know as a result of being you know you know pan and scan, they just it's like oh these five monsters aren't in the shot, and then you, and oh, you right, see it's yeah. like and I remember that shot you know, and then to see it the way that the director actually intended intended it to be, it was it was oddly exciting for Very cool. for a forty eight year old man Very to cool. be watching nice. these rubber monster suits. So yeah. Yeah, so I, I, one of the things I will say about uh, about watching this on on the big screen here at my house and um, and it being a Blu-ray presentation is, um, I was actually a little bit taken aback at how amazing some of the backdrops were, uh, specifically, and I know it gets a lot of praise from a lot of fans, but specifically the Mount Fuji background, the mm-hmm. it's just splendid amazingly detailed not i think a, it's mount fuji yeah. yeah it is and not just the detail on it but the transition between the foreground because there's there's some places in the movie where the they've got the people in the foreground and they're running and you see the city in the background and it looks like some bad projection work mm-hmm. by the time by the time they got to the mount fuji stuff that was really good they did a really good job of compositing essentially those shots together with the live action stuff yeah, well, I think that was just a that was the literally. I mean, that's literally a backdrop. That's like a giant curtain. Yeah, that mm-hmm. sort of spread out around the circular stage, and um, the there, Mount there's Fuji. There's a few scenes yeah. where you can notice the the some ripples in the curtain. I yeah, that. yeah, it's like another thing that you don't really notice when you're just watching it on a standard definition television. Or I'm right. sure if you're watching it in the theater for the first time ever in like 1969. Oh yeah, you're too busy having your mind blown, baby. Yeah, that's, yeah, you know, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and actually, there I think there are some uh, there are some pretty major set pieces in this film. One is the Mount Fuji uh, sort of Izu set, mm-hmm. and another is 
is uh, Tokyo when when Godzilla, Rodan, Mothra, and Manda are all attacking Tokyo. You can see the scale a couple times where it's a big set. Godzilla's in the background and Manda's in the front foreground, like wrapping himself around the monorail uh, rail. I yeah. guess yeah, <laughs> yeah the rail line. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a big set, and this, especially when they're shooting off all those um, rockets, aka fireworks, uh, to the <laughs> monsters. It's just. There must have been a huge amount of people on the side of the set, like ready with fire extinguishers, hopefully. Mm. Right. And uh, <laughs> you know, just like, well, you know, it was it was only the mid '60s. I didn't really true, have to worry about true. That. Every time I see one of these things, I yeah, think about exactly. the lung damage of these poor <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah. Every time, I, it does not escape me. Anyway, just the scale, just the sheer scale involved with some of those sets is amazing. And but actually, the, the Monster the Island set, Monster too. Island as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before you guys leave tonight, maybe not you, trees. Martin, but uh, Dave. Before you leave, I, uh, remind me to show you the the book I just bought from uh, from Japan of Ooh. Yasusuki Inoue, who was uh, one of the he was the chief, I believe he was the chief production, production designer. designer. Yeah, it's an amazing book, and uh, actually, the man just passed away. It was hmm. weird timing, but uh, he literally just passed away in Japan. And his book just came out too. So, oh wow! Uh, it's got some stuff from Destroy All Monsters in there as well. Nice. He he worked on the film from 1954 all the way through I think 1971. Let's just say. Okay. Because I know he did some work on the Smog Monster. Anyway, uh, the the sets on this in this film are amazing, and the, not just the sets, but the settings too. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there's a lot of. Like, why are they shooting things on the moon at all? Mm-hmm. You know, you could almost take that stuff out of the movie entirely. But the moon sets, the moon designs, and all the lunar base stuff, I, I just really like it. Especially, I really like the costumes, too, even though... Oh, the costumes are yeah, awesome. Yeah, like, <laughs> everyone inside the moon base is wearing those red costumes. And it's just, you know, it's... A, I would love to show up at G Fest this year with like a completely like <laughs> with that, red with that, jacket with that and the red cap. cap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, I want to make you the yellow. I was looking at that helmet, going, "Why is there a, a Kaiser spike on that thing?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you need one of those. Yeah, my girlfriend's watching was watching it with us, and she was like, "Why don't you have one of those yellow suits?" <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I just haven't gotten to it. I also, I also love it. The, the the costume design is is especially now that I've you know that that uh, as an art director myself, my appreciation for these movies has grown beyond just the fact that there's a giant monster kicking down a building, oh, yeah, which yeah. is, you know, still always my first love. But, um, either, you know, the, those, those groovy disco capelet outfits that the key locks are wearing and the, you know, the, 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 the black and silver outfits that the Axians wore in monster zero. And just mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. all of these like super groovy Dean Martin backup dancer outfits that the aliens wear <laughs> in these, in these sixties giant monster movies. I love them. They're just so, yeah. They're, I mean, I, I, you know, nothing beats the, um, uh, what's, I'm sorry. Oh, the Latitude the, Zero? The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I would say nothing beats oh, Latitude man. Zero. <laughs> Latitude Zero, that was amazing. But, but, I'm sorry, what would wow. the, the, the name of the, 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 uh, the alien girl in, um, in Monster Zero? It was like, uh, Miss Namikawa. Oh, Miss Namikawa, Miss yeah, Namikawa. yeah. Nothing will ever beat that outfit. Yeah, nothing. She's over there. Yeah, nothing, <laughs> nothing will ever beat that outfit. But, but these, but the, 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 the Keelock, the Keelock cowled capelets, big. Yeah. Huge. Those well, are awesome. And they almost remind me of, uh, was it Beneath the Planet of the Apes, the second one? The, yeah. the folks that had the weird <laughs> religion for the A-bomb? Bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Anyway, I mean, seriously, there's, I, I like I, I talked about, you know, some small nitpicky stuff about the film, you know, I w- maybe not so small. You know, you're talking about large scenes where a lot of time takes place. Uh, nitpicky stuff, though, as far as I'm concerned. When you compare it to the rest of the majesty that is destroy oh, yeah. all monsters. I, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's it might maybe because it's such a spectacle in itself that I love this film. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I really, this is one of the films I suggest to everyone when we showed the, uh, Godzilla film festival, I was like, we've got to get destroy all monsters. And, uh, if I was to do another film festival, I'd say we still have to get destroy all monsters. It's big. I mean, it's, it's like all these movies are big, but I mean, like if if a if a movie with one giant monster in it is big, a movie with thirteen is biggest. Yeah, which you is know? you know, which is I think why Godzilla: Final Wars was 
kind of greenlit the way it was. Absolutely. Like, Look, it's to- we're going to make this huge... It's totally an homage to, de- to Destroy All Monsters. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. In fact, there's a couple of shots in Final Wars that I was watching when we were watching the film tonight. I was like, hmm, I remember when Rodan attacks... Uh, I can't remember his name and his character's name in the film, but Akira Takarada in uh, in Godzilla: Final Wars is on the is on the, the sort of private jet, and uh, um, and Rodan comes in and they they sort of hear him and they look out the window and then you see Rodan fly by and the jet explodes and that exact same scene or that right. exact same shot happens in Destroy All Monsters. I just was like, oh, I don't think I ever caught that reference before. See, now I'm going to go home and watch Final Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little slow. But uh, the... <laughs> just just fast forward through all the parts that are too much like the Matrix. <laughs> right, yes, exactly. Uh, you know, this is an iconic film, and I... Oh, man, I don't even... I could probably spend a lot of time just like um, Tokyo SOS is talking about what I love about this film. It's just an amazing... Well, it is your show, Kyle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, here we go. It's going to be a five-hour show, you guys. (laughs) Point number one of 732. (laughs) I think I'm going to need to make a list. Um, Now, one thing I have not done with this uh, this particular Blu-ray is I have not listened to the commentary track because uh, Ed, oh, I'm going to butcher his name, and I hate doing that, and I'm sorry, Ed. Godzuzuski. Godzuzuski, I think is how you say it, or something. And uh, Steve (laughs) Rifle, whose name I can say without butchering it, Steve, they they both provide the commentary track on this, and those guys are extremely well educated on the films, and they've got a lot of personal history involved in they their own the book, sort of they? like yeah. They've the each done Monstar. a book, yeah. Each each of them have done their own book actually, and um, so I can't wait to hear that. Uh, you know, this is uh this this Media Blasters edition. Um, for some reason, Toho didn't like it, and so that's why we haven't gotten. Godzilla versus Megalon yet, which was supposed to come out in, I believe, November. Really? Yeah, hmm. yeah. Um, and we watched the AIP dub, which um, had some significant audio problems, I would have to say. Agreed. Yeah, I don't understand what's going on there. Um, I have a bootleg version of uh, the AIP dub that has better audio quality really? than this does. That's yeah. disappointing. Mm. Uh, it's a little disappointing. I, I'm not really sure why they did that. I'm What I'm guessing... If I had to guess, um, Media Blasters was only able to take footage, not footage, that's not the right word, uh, only able to take audio materials from film stock. I don't know why. Yeah, but, but the, te- the technology you can, exists. You can take it. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's, they, that was just lazy. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't know why they did it. But yeah, we watched the AIP dub, and I can tell you uh, there, were, there was a lot of warbling going on. And specifically towards the beginning of the movie, at least the first like 15 minutes, there was a lot of like kind of choppy yeah. sound. Mm-hmm. It was. I did think it was funny when they show this the the uh, the stock footage of the dolphin pod. Yes. And then this, <laughs> and then all of a sudden the sound sounded like it was underwater. I was like, oh well, that's <laughs> that's actually appropriate. Like, this this that kind of works for me. But otherwise, it was yeah, it was pretty annoying. <laughs> Here, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, anyway, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I have to say that we, as fans, we've been waiting to get like a release like this of this high, high quality. Even though I've got my, my personal issues with the audio of the AIP dub, as fans, we've been waiting to see something like this for a really long time, yeah. and it's really, really great to be able to see it. And I thought the video presentation was fantastic. Um, and yeah, by the time by the time it gets to the big finale with all the monsters, you've forgotten how you annoyed you were at the audio at the beginning. Yeah, and even yeah, and that's just the, that's it. like the first ten minutes of the film yeah, too. Yeah, so there's a lot there's a lot of in between yeah. time. Um, the uh, the I will say that when I when I watched the film, we actually watched the Japanese version, uh, Japanese audio track with the English subtitles because I had never actually seen it. I'd be down with that. It was it was pretty cool to see, and um, you know, obviously great to hear the original actors' voices and um, see the actual translations as opposed to some of the weird, quirky uh, <laughs> translations that you get in the audio. You know, but uh, it's a it's a great film, and um, I mean, I'm sure I'm not alone in saying that. I mean, Dave, I'm sure you would also back me up in saying that this is a film that you could easily show to someone who has never seen a Godzilla film before. It, I think it's the second Godzilla film I ever saw, and and Jason and uh, 
And the first one was Godzilla's Revenge. So I was actually a little confused. Wow. Yeah, I was a little confused after um, after that and just kind of wondered, well, wait a minute. Is this the, why is the kid and who's the what? And where's the cat monster? Why isn't the cat monster in this movie? <laughs> you know, and just sort of, you know, so. Uh, actually, Martin, have you seen Godzilla's Revenge? I just have to not take seen a sidebar here. Nope. The monster he's talking about is called Gabara. And uh, as. As reviled as that movie is within it's the not, fandom, yeah, I actually really love Godzilla's Revenge. Look forward to you well, seeing they, it they eventually. Must, I mean, that must have been popular in some way because it, isn't there a whole show, Yo Gabra Gabra or something? No? <laughs> yes. Yo Gabra Gabra. <laughs> Yo Gabra Gabra. That was the best I had tonight. Yeah. Yeah, that's my Gabra impersonation. Um, actually, you know, so what were, what are your, th- you, the second time you've seen the film, so you got a little bit more of a, step back in a sense to to sort of really view the whole thing as a, as a film what were your uh, what were your thoughts on it as far as filmmaking goes uh so one uh, there was in, an interesting thing that i actually saw on this one um you know on a lot of the godzilla movies with the fireworks when they've got the rockets and the missiles and everything going in they have a lot of body shots a lot of things that actually blow up and explode when i'm you know always thinking about the person in the suit mm-hmm. that whole scene where that goes down where they've got all the ground-based missiles and everything everything misses when oh, you yeah, look yeah. at all of those nothing hits everything goes flying by and i'm and i was wondering I wonder if they're kind of watching their budget and they can't replace panels on the suits and they can't do all of that. Like they're having to really watch it because they got so many people, so many suits, so much stuff. And I was wondering, you know, what was going into that? Yeah. Um, I cannot speak specifically towards those special effects. I will Mm. say that one thing I read about this was that uh, when they were doing pre-production for this film, this was intended to be the last Godzilla film. I guess intent, attendance had been dwindling and had been uh, they'd migrated from a, a mix, a healthy mix of children and adults in the movie theater. You know, the, the attendees watching the film uh, pretty much degraded into just kids movies. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of like their last big hurrah. They do that a lot. At the time. Yes, they do. Yeah. So so this was sort of like an all, let's let's take them out on a big final note. And I guess what happened is that some bean counters said, hey, we spent this much money. We got this much money. Let's make some more movies. And uh, so they greenlit the the next round of, of films, which started with Godzilla's Revenge, which, as Dave, you know, has a ton of uh, stock footage in it, and yeah. and and then from there you go into uh, the the 70s, where I don't think I need to talk about like you know the decline in Japanese cinema again and yeah. again and again, <laughs> uh, and what happened in the 70s. But yes, this is I think there are definitely some shots. You guys were asking earlier, like why was Mothra only the larval form instead of the adult form, and I think maybe that might be because. Uh, of budget i mean when you have uh the larval form of mothra if you think about it it's either a remote control puppet or um a very small person in like a crawly suit maybe Mm -hmm. i'm not exactly sure uh but to operate the actual mothra puppet you need several puppeteers up in the up in the rafters you know working the wires and king ghidra was in this film and took a lot of wire work himself. I mean, I don't know how many people, I'm sure I could look it up in one of my books, but I don't know how many people run King Ghidra, but I know it's got to be more than three. And, you know, that's a really heavy suit, too. Yeah. yeah. So I would imagine that um, even though Destroy All Monsters was this huge, like, let's send this, you know, this series out in style sort of huzzah for, for Toho, they were still trying to, you know, scrimp and save as much as they could I noticed some stock footage in the in the film that I never noticed before. Um, Dave actually, when when the fire UFO flies through a building, yeah, and then they started showing like other buildings Just burning. Stock, yeah, stock, I'm pretty stock sure that was from. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that was from another big Toho science, not science fiction, but uh, disaster movie. Well, I think yeah, and I think it was probably still stock footage. Oh yeah, you definitely. Know, it was like yeah. Some airplane hangar or something kind of caught on fire. I think it, mm-hmm. it might have been from Hiroshima. Like it might uh, there really? was sort of a the I, I don't quote me on this because I'm not sure, but uh, there is a structure in the destruction scene of that fire that sort of got this curved rooftop to yeah. it, and that reminds me very much of uh, something I've seen from Hiroshima. 
Hmm. Or Hiroshima, as I should be calling it, I guess. Uh, anyway, it's a, a great film, and we're at 26 minutes. So why don't we move into final thoughts? Cool. Martin. Great movie. Loved it a second time. Had a blast with it. Definitely would recommend it to other people, and I'm ready to see it again. Dave. Uh, loved it before, loved it now. You know the and and I think I am gonna go home and watch Final Wars. Nice, just for that, just you know, just for the 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 total zoo of giant monster feeling. Excellent. You know, would, Excellent. It'd be it would be a hell of a double feature. All right. Well, I guess uh, my final thoughts would be uh, again one of my favorite Godzilla movies of all time. Definitely number two in the Showa era, and uh, that's that's despite its flaws, which I'm you know readily uh, accepting of. Uh, and having said all that, let's uh, hear what everybody else had to say. Alexander very much enjoys Destroy All Monsters. The movie has an island's worth of monsters that do get excellent moments to shine. He enjoys some of the silly dubbing, even though the Japanese language with English subtitles option is always nice. The few disappointments are resolved easily. For example, Varan, Manda, and Baragon at the end of the movie are just puppets. They do get... Uh, they get a shot at the final fight, and at the end of the movie, they have full suit shots. He honestly wishes they could have used the suits more in the final fight destruction scenes. Another issue he disliked is Gorosaurus in Paris, when he erupts from the ground, or even later when they mention saying it was Baragon uh, that's supposed to be in Paris. He would have enjoyed more shots of Iran's suit in action, since he only gets one small shot. Uh, and he doesn't think the Keylock aliens were as interesting as the people from the blo- people from the third planet of the black hole, or simians, which had more backstory to them. But on the bright side, all the monster scenes were excellent, with multiple monsters per scene, and lots of shots of monster action, or just shots of monsters as if we were to watch them on Animal Planet during the Monster Island scenes. It was overall a great movie, which sits on his shelf and regularly since recently getting on DVD after being used to renting copies at a local video store that shut down, gets put into his DVD player to watch. A 4.5 out of 5 in his opinion. Brady writes in to say that Destroy All Monsters is one of the more enjoyable yet blander installments in the Godzilla series. It's the perfect Godzilla film to introduce to newcomers to the Godzilla fandom, but other Godzilla movies have more to them in terms of originality. One of his big ifs is that Godzilla gets lost in the shuffle, He's not just the he's not the main focus of the story, but perhaps that was the idea, as this was a tribute to Toho's entire monster menagerie, uh, rather than just the big G. He's not a big fan of King Ghidra coming in for the last fight, only to get him, uh, only for him to get ganged up on and quickly and effortlessly dispatched by all the monsters. So much for a climax. Overall, a decent film that has all of the things that makes a Godzilla movie good, but it's still a pretty basic movie. While Matt has seen most of the Godzilla films many times, this one he'd only seen once way back in 77 when he was a wee lad. And you know, he could stand to wait another 35 years before watching Destroy All Monsters again. Here's a movie that doesn't live up to its promising title. He parks his butt on the couch and uh, waits to see good monster-on-monster action, but there's little to be seen in this film. Watching Manda wrap itself around a a rail line? Not interesting. Watching Manda wrap itself around Godzilla's neck, now there's something he'd pay to see. The city destruction scenes of Tokyo and points beyond are forgettable. Uh, He also goes on to say that the battle with Ghidra is uninspired, and uh, there's too much people-slash-aliens that look like people action... (laughs) People-slash-aliens that look like people action in this movie. Uh, Too much rocket ship, too much abrasive captain, not enough good monster action. So, uh... Basically, the visual appeal of this movie is a definite plus, though, and uh, some of the scenes of early on of Rodan and Flight looked pretty good, as did the whole set where the big battle takes place at the foot of Mount Fuji. Cameron can see why people praise this movie. The movie is packed with monster action and plenty of great acting. Uh, he also wants to note that he watched the AIP dub. He's glad that Gorosaurus made another appearance in this film. Scott writes in to say that uh, he's going to have to try and contain all the love he has for Destroy All Monsters, or this would turn into an essay, if not a thesis. Uh, He first saw this film back when he was uh, six or eight years old, and it blew his mind. He had never heard of it, had no idea what to expect, and uh, for a preteen 70s kid, it was one of the best things ever. So here are the seven points he has to make. One, all of those monsters, not just Godzilla, but many he'd never seen before, wow. 
Two, the full-scale alien control, alien control monsters and monster-in-each-city attack plans still used today, uh, including Final Wars and the current IDW comics. Three, who's that guy with the mustache, one of the possessed Monster Island personnel? It's the actor who played Hayata from Ultraman. Uh, four, one of the, <laughs> once the monsters are free of both the aliens and mine, uh, mankind's control, they talk amongst themselves and decide to fight for the Earth, a world united. Five, Angulus single-handedly fighting King Ghidra while Ghidra is flying. Of course he loses, but you love the little guy for his fearlessness. Six, in the final battle, Minya kills one of Ghidra's heads with his ring radioactive breath and uh, his pop pats him on the back. And seven, at the end, everyone, even the monsters, except Ghidra, get to live a happy ending for all. He's looking forward to hearing what everyone else thinks. Thanks, Scott. Paul says that this is the movie that jump started him. Bleh. This is the movie that jump started him into watching Godzilla movies. Uh, granted, he did see Godzilla vs. the Thing and Monster Zero, but this is the one uh, that had most of most of, if not all, of the monsters that he loved from the early seventies. Even to this date, it's still a great ride of a movie. The kaiju that he loves, of course, Godzilla, Gorosaurus, Manda, Rodan, uh, Mothra would have made the list if she was in her final stage. But obviously, she's just in the larval stage in this movie. Uh, the suits of the monsters were starting to show their age, but for him, it was still great. He thinks the funniest part of the film is the gunfight when one actor makes the <laughs> makes the face when he gets shot. Yeah, that's uh, also, I laugh at that every time. I don't know how he got away with doing that. <laughs> Bullet wound to the to the front of the head, puffs out his cheeks and his eyes cross, and he falls over. It's pretty hilarious. Uh, he also goes to say the final battle Looked like it took a lot of time to make, with the monsters converging on Mount Fuji. Poor King Ghidra really got the stuffing kicked out of him, and Minya, he wished, was uh, not in the final cut. He wishes Minya was not in the final cut because he's such a spaz. <laughs> and <laughs> the fact that, I guess, uh, I guess the fact that a radioactive smoke ring taking out King Ghidra, he just says, whatever. For Jason, this is one of two Showa-era movies that he did not see on TV as a child. The other film was Godzilla vs. Hedorah. Both of the films he watched only within the last 10 years. It is interesting that uh, without the nostalgia to influence his opinion, he actually prefers Hedra of the two. While the miniature work in Destroy All Monsters is uh, by far superior, if for no other reason than its scope, Hedra is actually a tighter story. In watching this movie again, he's come to realize that the miniature work and the parts, uh, part of the end fight scenes are amazing when the JDF is deploying to destroy the Keylock base, and uh, we have an overhead view of dozens of tanks, it is truly a grand scene. The, indiv- the individual scenes of monsters destroying the cities across the globe are also very well done. However, the human scenes tend to, get, tend to drag on. Each one seems to be about 20% too long. Another issue he has is the final fight seems anticlimactic to, to him. Uh, King Ghidra versus so many monsters seems like a foregone conclusion. In fact, the only tension was whether or not the scrappy Angulus would really be injured by the space monster. In this most recent viewing, he has to admit that he was cheering for this first foe of Godzilla more than the main man himself. All that said, he still enjoyed the movie. Not his favorite, even in the Showa era, but a good movie nonetheless. Mark says that Destroy All Monsters, in his opinion, is one of the best movies of the Showa series. The monster fights are well made, but unfortunately some of the dubbing in the ADV 50th anniversary uh, print of this wasn't that good. This would be perfect, the perfect Godzilla movie to introduce to kids as it has just about all of Toho's monsters. Having never seen this movie before, it was a real treat for Jamie to see how things were done in the good old days of kaiju movie making. You could tell there was a great deal of love and work put into the miniatures, the landscapes, matte paintings for the backgrounds, and the SY3. He was also surprised to see how slim the old Godzilla was compared to his Millennium suit. And the uh, he has a great curveball in his fire breath when destroying buildings and alien spacecraft. It was easy to tell that the director of Final Wars saw this film, as there are many great comparisons with it. Uh, one weird thing he noticed is how all of the aliens were women, and all the humans were men and how the men were doing everything proactive. (laughs) Plus, uh, wow, Katsu uh, really tore those earrings right off Kyoko's ears, didn't he? You know what, man? I got to say, just to break here for a second, I 
I remember the first time I saw that, uh, the movie, and I saw him rip the earrings out of her ears, and I was just like, whoa, that might be the most violent thing I've ever seen in a Godzilla movie. (laughs) Uh, So I'm glad you mentioned that. Harold writes that when the movie starts, as a kid, he remembered uh, thinking, wow, so that's what 1999 will look like? Daily trips to the moon? That is cool. As an adult, of course, wow, that's what they thought 1999 would look like. Ugh, and daily trips to the moon? Well, we missed that one by a little bit. And actually, Harold's doing this cool thing where he's comparing uh, seeing it as a kid to seeing it as an adult. So he says, as a kid... Uh, the scene that stuck with him the most is when they're using the laser to cut off the spinning mind control device. The fantastic music is done uh, is is what does it for him in that scene. The sound of the laser, the burning cables, the guy sweating and all his facial expressions, and the music just gets his blood pumping. As an adult, he still loves that scene. The music would be good road trip music, although before you know it, he'd be going 120 miles an hour. Uh, he also says, as a kid... He always liked any monster battles or city destruction scenes and the music that went with them. The final battle was cool, and yes, he liked that Minya shot out a smoke ring and did his part. As an adult, that's no different. One funny thing that caught his eye this time around was near the end of the battle when one of Ghidra's heads is climbing up Godzilla's leg. Godzilla takes it and bounces it like a basketball off the ground. Godzilla doesn't mess around, you guys. Uh, For him, Destroy All Monsters is a great movie, and... It's like, uh, let me start that over again. It's one that he'd like to show to newcomers, even though it can seem a bit dated. It's a fun way to spend the time together. Curtis writes in to say that Destroy All Monsters is one of the best films in the series. Monster brawls aplenty, aliens invading, and a great musical score to top it all off. It was fantastic to see some of the rarer monsters in Toho's roster, as well as the fan favorites. He also loves the concept of the of placing all the world's kaiju in, sci- in a scientific exclo- scientific enclosure for study. The musical score added to added a nice tone to the film, and obviously some of the best scenes are the rampage scenes with the monsters. Now, even though this film is placed among the top Godzilla films in fandom, it, does have, it doesn't have some negative... No, sorry, it does have some negative aspects. One of the main villains of the film, the Kelax. One complaint is that they are not all that memorable compared to the Exaliens or the Simians in the other film series. Uh, in the other films in this series, uh, he also wishes the Kelax had better trump card other than the Fire Dragon, and I would agree with that, sir. All in all, Destroy All Monsters is uh, the best film in the series. I think he's saying is one of the best films in the series, and it's great just to pop it in and kick back and enjoy some fantastic kaiju action. Pete saw this film for the first time on Dr. Shock's X-Ray Chiller Theater when he was a kid, but he doesn't think he's seen it since uh, until he ran across it at a local used bookstore and screamed like a teenage girl at a Justin Bieber concert. The entertainment value and the nostalgia of the film far outweighs the technical shortcomings. He wasn't impressed with the modeling, especially in uh, in the New York attack. Would there have been too much uproar for Godzilla to have blasted the Statue of Liberty? And Gorosaurus dug up the Arc de Triomphe, for heaven's sake. Uh, the voice acting was tolerable. He didn't have the option to watch the film with subtitles. But there were plenty of MST3K moments that made him giggle throughout. The final battle is something to behold. A kaiju royal rumble to end them all. An uh, observation that has always bothered him is that Anguirus's main defense would, have, uh, would seem to have been his spikes. But Ghidra isn't the, f- isn't the first one to stomp on his back with no effect. Pete absolutely loves this film for both its place in the Godzilla-verse and as part of his childhood memories. When he first heard of Final Wars, he pictured an updated version of Destroy All Monsters with a similar final battle, but was sorely disappointed. Paige has been hearing about this movie from fellow fans for literally about half his life, but the recent DVD Blu-ray release was his first chance to actually see it. You could say that his expectations were high, While the film did not disappoint, it isn't his favorite installment in the Showa series either. He thinks the special effects were excellent for a film from this period. He particularly liked the scenes of Godzilla hunting for soldiers in the forest surrounding Mount Fuji and also enjoyed all of the lunar sequences. But he wishes the narrative had spent more time on the moon, showing us more about the UN station and the Kelak lair. 
Overall, he wasn't a big fan of the story, although he generally enjoys alien invasion stories. This one just lacked the depth of Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla or Godzilla vs. Monster Zero. It did have some cool science fictional aspects, and the fire dragon twist at the end genuinely surprised him. Uh, Nevertheless, none of the characters stood out for him, and in his opinion, some of these plot points are handled better in other Godzilla films. Fortunately, this is not a film that needs to stand on plot alone. Each monster encounter played well, from the city stomping earlier on to the uh, Godzilla literally kicking in the keylock base at the end. The final everyone versus Godzilla King blech, everyone versus King Ghidra brawl was thoroughly enjoyable. Page liked that Angulus got the first blow. He also liked that even Gorosaurus and Kumanga got in on the action. To Paul, Destroy All Monsters is the last good Godzilla film of the Showa era. He thoroughly enjoyed watching it from start to finish, and the minor quibbles that he has aren't even worth mentioning here. If you consider the three Godzilla Ghidra films of the 60s as a trilogy, then this is a fitting end to that trilogy. What can Bill say about Destroy All Monsters? His second favorite G-Flick, a movie that has it all, tons of monsters and monster action, moon bases, spaceships, flying saucers, alien invasion, kitchen sinks, lots of fun. For him, this movie represents the end of the Showa era, as the movies that followed lacked both the uh, the scale, budget, and the sense of fun of movies like Destroy All Monsters, Invasion of the Astro Monster, and Godzilla vs. The Thing. Even though Destroy All Monsters had a decent budget for a Godzilla film of this era, it appears that at times they were really stretching the yen here, like Godzilla's attack on New York always lets Bill down. Looks like he's in a waiting pool. Uh, This is the first time Bill can remember seeing Destroy All Monsters with the Hal Linden dub, the AIP dub, and uh, the movie is much better for it. What a difference a good dub job can do for a film like this. If any listeners don't have the Destroy All Monsters Blu-ray, it is worth the money just to hear the dub. Uh, One laugh-out-loud moment Bill would like to point out, how smart are the scientists on Monsterland? They see a bright yellow gas seeping through the doorframe, and they run straight through the door and open it. Uh, He'd be running in the other direction. Thank you very much. Brandon was able to see Destroy All Monsters in a theater with a sold-out crowd, and it was the first time he'd seen it in a very long time. Even though he likes this movie, he still finds it very cheesy in a good way from his understanding at the time. This was uh, to be the last Godzilla film, and so they had a big giant battle royale that as a kid, and now as an adult, he actually loved. It was a great cheese movie to see with a room full of people, almost like a live Mystery Science Theater 3000. Hearing them laugh and make comments at some of the effects and dialogue was great. The biggest reaction came from Gorosaurus's jump kick when the crowd cheered loudly. There you have it. You guys, I'm kind of proud of myself. I just read through all of your submissions pretty much. <laughs> I had to, of course, shorten some of them down, so I apologize uh, for that. It's just a timing issue. Uh, but we did it. We did it. We plowed through. We made it happen. And uh, you guys rock. Thank you so much for submitting your homework. Um, normally, I would, because I've been doing this for, uh, you know, 17 minutes straight, I would say it's time for a music break. But I don't feel like I have the time. I think we just need to move right into the KaijuCast news. This is United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. All right, so really not a lot of news uh, happening, but uh, there's a couple things that I wanted to point out Um especially to those of you who really like Godzilla and like the stuff that goes on sort of in the background. Um, there's a man named Yasuhiki Inoue. I believe that's how you say his name. And um, he died shortly after I posted the last episode uh, at 89 years old. Sci-Fi Japan has a really great interview with the man uh, and just sort of like a, you know, just like an essay on on what he did for Godzilla fandom. He was like sort of a I would say he was sort of a production artist and uh, helped design um, the special effects and the costumes. And uh, I'm I'm getting off track. There's a book that just came out in Japan. Um, I think it came out maybe a couple months ago. Norman England hit me to it. And uh, thank goodness because I found it and I bought it. So not only am I going to have a link in the show notes to the Sci-Fi Japan article, I'm also going to have a link in the show notes to CD Japan where you can actually buy that book if you want. It's about a $50 book, I think. Um, it's pretty pretty rad, though. Um, it is in Japanese, but it's got a lot of his drawings in it, which is a 
you know, pretty much why I bought it. Another cool article on SciFiJapan.com is that uh, Ed Gojuseski, I think that's how you say his name, uh, Ed recently went to Winter Wonder Festival. And as always, they post these amazing photos of these amazing model kits and uh, stuff that I will most likely never be able to afford. There's some, I mean, there's like a life-size King Ghidra statue and um, life-size as in like the size of the suit, I guess. And uh, photos of the puppets, if, you, if you're if you familiar. Anyway, check out the link in the show notes. If you like Godzilla at all or are fascinated with Godzilla model kits at least, you're going to love seeing what, what's, uh, you know, his photos from that, from that trip. And the last bit of news is um, most of you probably knew the Oscars were, were last Sunday. And um, I got an email from a fan uh, right at the beginning, like right during the Oscars, right after the Oscars. I'm, I'm not really sure when it came in. And some of you probably know what I'm going to say, but Brian wrote in to say, uh, hello, KaijuCast. I'm currently watching the Oscars, and something I think would be worth mentioning on the next episode is that during the show, there was this moment where some actors were talking about movies they've seen as a young child, and Brad Pitt started talking about War of the Gargantuas. Um, unfortunately, we don't have a link to this, but uh, if you find a link, like a YouTube link, I would love to see it because I'm not um, a big guy of watching inter- um, award shows, but I'd, I'd still like to see to hear what he had to say, even if it's an audio link that works too. Uh, so there you go. Brad Pitt remembers Godzilla, uh, a Godzilla sort of film, one of Toho's finest non-Godzilla films, in my opinion. War of the Gargantuas. I'm going to move into local events now. <clears throat> On March 2nd, Court and Fatboy's midnight movie, Enter the Dragon, will be playing at the Baghdad Theater at 11 p.m. And on March 3rd, geekportland.com, which is the website you should definitely be checking out if you're local or if you um, are jealous of what we do here in Portland and you want to see like all the cool geeky stuff we do, go to geekportland.com. And um, Kenna Conklin, the gal who runs that website, has uh, is throwing a party with the double clicks, the broadsides, and Robot Uprise. And um, I'll have a link in the show notes to all these things. If you want to go, I will be there at that party. Uh, and then on March 4th, The Walking Dead starts, uh, or is going to be playing at the Bat, mm, not at the Baghdad Theater, at the Hollywood Theater here in Portland. And um, that will be going every Sunday through March 18th. So, uh, check that link if you like your zombies. Also, Geek Trivia is going to be on the 6th at the Kennedy School. Like I said, like I almost always say, we we are uh, constantly going to Geek Trivia. It's a lot of fun. Also want to mention that uh, at the very end of March is Emerald City Comic Con, and we will be doing a listener party. If you listen to the last episode, you will uh, remember that I kind of brought up this this thing where I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe since we're not going to be at Emerald City as press, we'll just bring up the recording equipment and uh, at the listener party, we'll sit down and we'll talk to the listeners. And uh, this is if you're in the Seattle area if you're, or if you're just going to the convention and want to meet up with us for that listener party, which will be like dinner somewhere. Not exactly sure yet. Uh, still piecing things together as, as it were. Um, if you want to be a part of that, just let me know. And um, this is your chance to actually be on the Kaiju cast. Um, and that'll, you know, go up sometime, probably April, I think, maybe. Um, also, last but not least, as far as like announcements go, uh, we recorded our very first commentary, which I guess I'm going to call Kaiju Commentaries. It's for a little, uh, little known film named Godzilla Mothra King Ghidra Giant Monsters All Out Attack. And it was uh, myself, Jeff Dean, and Martin Vavra uh, providing commentary on this film. It's recorded. I was thinking it was going to be online before I even posted this episode, but it's going to be another couple of days. Uh, I will have a link in the show notes to that website, which is basically commentaries.kaijucast.com. And that's where you can download it uh, very soon, at least. Two more little things here before we close the show. Um... I'm going to do a little bit of shameless groveling right now, some uh, begging of the listeners. If you listen to the show uh, and download it via iTunes, um, please feel free to leave a review for the KaijuCast. 
This is sort of a little experiment. Um, I have great reviews, and I love them, and hopefully I will have more positive reviews. Uh, but I'm currently listed under entertainment, uh, you know, like film, TV stuff. Is That's the category I have. And as you can imagine, there is a lot of competition in that. And I'm not trying to get to listeners who don't like Godzilla. I just kind of want to see if I can rise in the ranks, so to speak. And I don't know if it'll do any good or uh, or have any, you know, tactile, uh, you know, rewards for, for the Kaiju cast. But if you, uh, if you enjoy the Kaiju cast, please feel free to uh, write us a review on the iTunes. And the very last announcement is that next month's Daikaiju discussion film is Gamera vs. Giron. Now, we're going to be watching the Shout Factory version of that, which if you have not picked that up, you should do so, because Gamera vs. Giron is a silly, hilarious, fun monster romp, and I, I really love it. And that pretty, much, that pretty much sums it all up. And that's going to do it. So uh, let's see my typical spiel here. Maybe compress it a little bit because I think this episode's running a little long. Apologies for that, by the way. Uh, If you found the Kaiju Cast through iTunes or some other podcast directory and you want to experience all there is to experience uh, in in the Kaiju Castery that is uh, kaijucast.com, go there. Point your web browsers to kaijucast.com where you can see all of our episodes, all of our blog postings, all of the movies and the Daikaiju discussions. Uh, Not to mention all the cool show links, show links, show notes that have the cool links to the things I talk about in the show. Blah. So uh, that's that. Uh, If you want to get in touch with me, my email address is controller at kaijucast.com. If you want to send in your thoughts, questions, and reviews for the next Daikaiju discussion episode, just make sure you send me an email before March 25th, which is uh, Sunday, heralding the last month of the uh last week of the month yep i'm a little tired so uh having said that we're also on facebook also on twitter and uh like i said we're gonna have uh commentary available in in a matter of hours and those hours could stretch into more than 24 but it's still hours technically um i'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up thank you so much to everybody who uh who sent in your homework. That was awesome. Thank you to Martin and Dave for coming over and recording with me. That was also awesome. And uh, thanks to everybody for listening. You guys are truly, truly amazing. And um, I think I'm going to close the school, uh, close the show out with Akira Fukube's uh, track called major battle at Mount Fuji one. Jamata. Jamata. <laughs>